0: Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, which fictional villain from the books, from movies, from TV would be, you'd say, your favorite?
1: My favorite villain? You know what? Can I just say, I love all these questions lately. These are so challenging. I'm never ready. Let's see. Okay. Favorite TV villain? I think it's Loki. And you know what, though? Can I just say, I love the villains. I somehow always relate to them. I don't know what that says about my personality, but I always try and find the good in the villain. Like, you know, what got them to that point? How about you? I don't know. Who do you like or don't like? I guess what's... It's a
0: tough one. I thought about this a little after I decided uh, the question. I'm going to probably go with... Well, it's a tie. Can I have a tie? Can I... Can It's your show. You can have a tie. It's a tie between Michael Corleone from The Godfather, the Al Pacino character, which uh oh, one of my all-time favorite okay. movies and a great villain uh, character. Sure. And um, and then but I have a soft spot Trish, uh, for the shark from Jaws, who I liked. <laughs> I had really
1: thought okay, so you're I had not thought of something like Jaws as the, as the villain, but that's great. Yeah, that works.
0: Yeah, the shark we'll was the bad to- guy in that movie if, if if you don't remember it.
1: Right. No, I do yeah. remember Jaws. So, no, we'll have to ask our guest when she comes on. <laughs> okay, we know should do, as yeah. well. But you know what? I think I like villains that seem very smart and very clever.
0: That's the shark there, right there, then. I think that's, yeah. that's the definition of, of the shark. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Great question. Hey, we... we um... Have a great show we have a good some good stuff to get into we have a great guest uh we want to thank our friends uh of course at paychecks and at work human uh for sponsoring the hr happy hour show so shout out to them and uh we really appreciate their support our guest today trish uh a friend of yours for sure and a friend of the show heidi spergy she leverages more than 20 years of experience helping organizations unleash the power of their workforce by identifying and implementing innovative talent practices and technology Heidi's now the chief strategy and marketing officer at Cornerstone, and she leads the company's global marketing functions, driving strategy and innovation for the business and helping to define the vision for the next generation of Cornerstone solutions focused on the talent experience. Heidi, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you today?
2: I'm fantastic. Thanks so much, Steve. It's fun to be here.
0: All right. Well, we must know, Heidi, do you have a favorite villain before we get started?
2: Oh, I love love this question. So, the surprise answer for me is going to have to be the Joker. I actually never wanted to even remotely explore or spend any of my time watching any of the Joker movies, but the Joker movie last year, which was the backstory and kind of his descent into madness, just, shed a completely new light on him. And uh, I thought it was very fascinating. So now I'm kind of obsessed with the Joker, but then I do have to do a quick shout out. My other favorite villain would be Alice in season one of the detective series, Luther. If you haven't watched it, strongly recommend it. Amazingly compelling villain.
1: I have never watched Luther, but I'm always, especially now, I've never been a big TV person, but with you know a little extra time on my hands, yeah. I need another show. I just and, finished Downton Abbey. So Luther sounds like a good one to try.
2: And it stars yeah. Idris Elba. So you, you just, there's nothing not to love about Idris Elba. No, he's lovely.
1: Well, good. I can't wait to watch it. Steve, have you watched Luther or no?
0: I have not. I wrote it down though, and uh, yeah, good one for the list because we, we are always looking for something to help uh, keep some of the time passed when we're we're still stuck at home. Absolutely, absolutely.
2: You won't you won't regret it. It's a good one, and it's a, a fairly short um season. They're short seasons, and not that many of them. So um, cherish it while you can, because it's it's gone before before you know it.
0: Heidi, so let's maybe catch up a little bit. It's been a little while since we spoke. I know you and Trish got together last fall, maybe at a conference and got to catch up a little bit. Maybe you can give us a little bit of an update, uh, kind of your, uh, your tenure there at Cornerstone. It's been about a year, I think, and, and a lot has changed in the world, certainly, but also with Cornerstone. And maybe give us a little bit of a kind of an update and a catch up, and, and we'll get into some of uh, what Cornerstone has been doing lately.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a year. It uh, I am coming up on my one year anniversary, and it's hard to believe it's only been a year because so much has happened in that year. Um, let me let me start with uh, some some of the key highlights. Well, for one thing, that I'm really thrilled about, since we're on a pad podcast, I have to give a plug for my new podcast called HR Labs. So, I've been doing this together with the Cornerstone team. Really loving it. Um, I'm brand new to podcasting, and it's been really fun and interesting as I a, a transition to. Uh, doing the podcast, recording the podcast from home. So I'm starting to be, become a little bit more savvy in the technical aspects of podcasting. I'm accustomed to actually having um, sound technicians there and doing it in studio in the Cornerstone studio and now doing it from home. So we've gotten really, really great guests on it. So um, Heather McGowan, who for some of you may know, just published a book called The Adaptation Advantage, which is fantastic. Kelly Monahan was on recently from Accenture Research. So that's been fun, learning the whole podcast. Casting ropes. Um, but really at Cornerstone, my big, my big area of focus over the last year is really has really been on our innovation vision as well as branding of the company. So a lot of work around coming in and just ensuring that Cornerstone, which has been known for innovation around talent, the talent management space over the last 20 years, really retooling and rebooting and looking forward at what is the next 20 years going to look like and, and, and pivoting our focus towards much more of the Focus on the employee versus the business in HR and building products and capabilities that serve the employee. So that's what I came to do. That's what Adam brought me in to do, which is really to innovate both on the level of the the product level as well as the brand and messaging level. So that's been great fun. Um, Of course, I didn't expect. A lot of what we're living through right now at, at that a year ago. So even when we spoke and spent so much time together in November at our users conference in Europe, Trish, um, it didn't see Saba on the horizon. Clearly, none mm-hmm. of us saw COVID-19 on the horizon. So it's been uh, it's been it's been quite a quite a ride so far. Yeah,
1: I was looking back before this call just through the notes I had taken from last June um, where we had, you know, really nice um, event with you all in, in an analyst briefing and then the same, like you said, in November in Europe. And, um I guess, you know, first and foremost, you're right. There are definitely some some big things that have happened in the last six months that, that were not expected necessarily. I do have a question, though, just on kind of the overall purpose when you when you joined a year ago, I know when you were giving updates, you know, six months ago, um, and it is around this idea around talent management and the branding and rebranding, if you will. And at one point, um, I wrote down something I thought was really important that you said that was a, a real differentiator in my mind from maybe some other... Um, solution providers we talk with. And you said that talent management is process-driven and talent experience is journey-driven. And the conversation you had with all of us that were there was around sort of this personalized, contextualized, frictionless system to support your your talent journey as opposed to a talent management process. Could you maybe talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's a really unique um, vision on how to look at it and it's definitely something I'm not really hearing from you know other places right now
2: yeah i'm I'm really glad that you asked that because that is exactly why i I am at cornerstone um you know I've been in this space for for over 20 years, and I think we got a number of things wrong over the last 20 years, and I put myself in the middle of that because I've done an awful, I spent half of my time on the services side and half of that time on the product side, really believing much of that time that we were going to make a massive difference for people's lives at work and that ultimately we were serving the world by serving employees and improving their experience uh, at work. Um, I think that what we did in the first 20 years, and of course, there, there's absolutely good at the, in this, but we focused too much on serving HR and the business and serving them from the perspective of the point of view of the HR practitioner, which te- has tended to be one that's focused around building and driving processes, building consistent programs and models that assume some level of sameness across the employee base when in fact the reality of the employee's experience at work is anything but predictable, anything but homogeneous, and anything but a singular process that can be um, driven by annual or secular events. Um, and the reality is anyone who's at a job knows that They want to be seen and understood and valued for their uniqueness, not their sameness. They want to be seen for their unique strengths and their unique experiences and their unique desires and aspirations and interests, and not as a cog in a wheel and not as a person that somehow fits a generic role or competency model because of the job that they happen to reside in. And they also, employees also have a very unique experience at work and a very unique and and, and set of career aspirations and um, needs at different points in time. So there's been this kind of friction between what employees need and desire and what we've actually built from an HR technology perspective. And so I actually almost left the industry because I had become somewhat disillusioned with the work that I was doing along with the industry and thought we'd kind of gotten it all wrong and that we hadn't, at the end of the day, served employees effectively and and created value in doing so until I realized that, no, what we've been doing is actually needed and HR processes and optimization and automation, all of that is is absolutely valuable and it's not going to go away. Businesses are always going to need to recruit. Many industries and many organizations are continue going to continue to want to have an annualized performance man- management process and succession planning process to protect the business and to justify compensation decisions, et cetera. That's fine. That's great. That's been our mm-hmm. last 20 years. What excites me is the next 20 years, which is really this big pivot towards the employee journey. And the employee journey is not a singular journey. It's not a path. It's not linear. It's really multidimensional and personalized based on that individual's experiences, interests, skills, aspirations, learning preferences, work styles, etc. And the good news is if we have enough data about an employee and we create the right levels of trust between employee and the organization around that data, we can use it to do some really meaningful things for the employee themselves. And that's what I came to Cornerstone to do, and that's what kind of lights me up and gets me out of bed in the morning.
1: Thank you. No, I I agree with all of that. And I think that's why I was so excited, you know, just in this last year of sort of hearing the direction that Cornerstone was taking with that journey approach that is very personalized, because you're right, everyone is different. I think, too, I wonder now that we are in such a time of, you know, chaos and rapid change that's sort of been forced on everyone. I wonder if one of the benefits, though, that comes from that is that maybe organizations will be a little more likely to re-examine the processes they've had. Because in the past, it was like everyone was so rooted in the way things were done. I think it was hard to break away from that to sort of this vision that you're presenting. And I wonder if you think that maybe just with all of these changes that we've all been going through and seeing how each one of us handles working from home very differently, right? We, we handle stress very differently. We handle uh, technology very differently. Are you getting a sense yet of how this might actually work to, whether it's with your customers or even potential customers down the road, how this might help um, pivot people on onto this journey as opposed to sort of staying rooted in the way that they were doing their different processes?
2: Yeah, ab- absolutely. So I'm I'm an optimist by nature. And as tragic as the global pandemic is, I am actually quite inspired and quite invigorated by the opportunity that this this presents us with. And I think um, the most important thing is that organizations view this as an opportunity to move forward to a different future and not to revert to or rebound. We we hear it a lot in the press. We read a lot about this notion of rebounding. Um, I think that's a mistake. Uh, I like to think about it as the unbound business, or how do we actually remove the constraints that have held our businesses back for so long, and slowed whether it be digital transformation, slowed cultural and work practice change, like moving towards remote, a rem- more of a remote worker environment, or slowed the progress towards serving employees differently and building a different workplace. So I see this as a as a real opportunity to, to rethink. And I am I am optimistic, not just because of my nature, but there's signs all around us that are showing that businesses are able to pivot incredibly quickly. So we all know we've been all all been hearing about um, the accelerating pace of change for some time now. And I, I personally am tired about hearing about the future of work. That's a, one of my pet peeves <laughs> because it's, it's no longer the future. It, it, is, it is here. It was here before COVID-19. And if anyone thinks that it's not here now, then they probably need to do a little bit more examination. And so um, the, I think we, this opportunity really just kind of said, okay, digital transformation, guess what? It just happened. It's done companies are now working remotely very effectively in most cases. And I think very excitingly, we're seeing businesses like GM building ventilators, like Gap pivoting their workforce to building masks. Medtronic is a customer of ours. It's completely changed their production line and started accelerating ventilator production. Changes that are happening so, so quickly, Um, much less all of the uh, industries like restaurants that have had to pivot to from an in dining experience to a remote dining experience. And so I find that inspiring to see what leaders and people at work can do in a very short period of time to change their business. Um, And the other, the other, I think data point that I think is really helpful here is that we've seen a dramatic spike in the usage of the Cornerstone platform over the, the last six weeks as well. So in the month of March alone, we saw a 130% average increase in terms of numbers of logins into Cornerstone. And we saw 20, in March, we saw had 27.5 million um, hours of content streamed. And the reason I share that is that I view learning and I'll say talent experience and talent technologies in general as really a very powerful change management tool. It is it is it is the key for businesses in the ability to adapt and shift and change their business. So I've started to think about this as these are these types of solutions is no, no longer even talent management. Because by saying talent management or talent experience, it automatically relegates what we do to the, the HR world. I mean, let's face it, HR is the one who likes to call people talent right. um, and more, I, I, I think we should start thinking of them as change management platforms. How do you continually shift shift, pivot, nudge, prompt new behaviors within your workforce? And that's that's a CEO message. That's every CEO is trying to figure out how they get their team to execute against their strategies. And that's hard. That's very, very hard because it requires deep behavioral change. Um, and I think the key to that is really leveraging tools to ensure that not only are we giving and providing, continuous development of our employees to adopt and adapt uh, new skills and new behaviors, Mm -hmm. but also help managers become coaches, help foster stronger and better dialogues and conversations between employees and managers, and even help employees understand each other better through data so that they can team together more effectively, quickly on projects I think that's an interesting problem and really the direction we should all be thinking about um, in over the next uh, several years.
1: Oh, I agree. And uh, thank you for sharing some of those examples because you're right. I think this is, this is the time where the CEOs might actually have some real traction when it comes to looking at the way the businesses are running and how they're you know, that, that it's not just about calling someone talent, right? It's about the overall business outcomes they're really trying to drive to with their strategies. Um, I will say, I, I need to, to thank our sponsors here really quickly. But before I do, Heidi, I have to tell you, I don't know if you even caught it yourself, but I wrote down the title of the book that you need to write, because I think it's amazing. Oh, what's that? Do tell. The Unbound Business, Removing Constraints of Our Businesses.
2: I like it. It's a good challenge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I you said that and started describing it. I'm like, oh, that would be a, I would buy that book. That, that's intriguing. Business. I don't that's know. That's intriguing. <laughs> so sometimes we'll see. Thanks, Thanks we'll for see. the prompt. Whatever if not maybe just a good blog post
0: <laughs> if you write that book heidi make sure to dedicate it to trish
2: though right oh, indeed i'll let you write the foreword <laughs> trish
1: <laughs> no i mean obviously you can tell i i buy into you know this this theory that you're sort of proposing i think there's i think it has real weight to it and it's and it is different it's it's being able to see the world differently than what we've been doing before and you're right going back to Um, what we had before is not the answer. That's what a lot of people I see, you know, on social media or just on the news or whatever, everyone's talking about going back. Well, why, you know, let's learn from this. We didn't want this. It's a horrible thing to have to go through. However, you have to take, you know, some of the, some of the learnings and and turn them into benefits, um, in order to be successful. So, Absolutely.
2: And it's, it's kind of, um, it's it's really is what it's going to require a very very open mind. Um, I use a I use a term quite commonly with my with my team, um, and that's a beginner's mindset. And I am a I believe that too often we struggle from we we struggle from what we think we're leaning into our own expertise and that actually narrows our thinking and limits our ability to innovate and create something from scratch. And I really think now more than ever, we need to, we business leaders, people in the HR technology industry really need to adopt a beginner's mindset, which basically means, it's a, it's a Zen Buddhist term that I le- learned through my yoga practice, and it, it really basically means having an attitude of openness and eagerness and lack of preconceptions when you're studying a, a, a subject. And so rather than coming to the table from a point of expertise, come to the table with a, from a perspective of openness and a lack of preconceived notions. And I think if you do that and you think about the powerful tools that are available to companies today... And you and you really look at them and as what could we do with these? How could we use these in a way that can be of high value to the business? That's where I think you start to see things very differently, and they become change agents of change as opposed to agents of process and standards and compliance. Um, and I think that's I think that's going to be required for organizations to move forward into this notion of being unbound and not limited by the all of the structures and assumptions of the past.
0: Heidi, uh, I want to take a quick break and thank our sponsors. Of course, uh, we've been really lucky to be working with some great companies this year, and uh, we want to thank them. Uh, first, uh, Paychex. Paychex uh, has been with us for a while, and man, they're just doing a great job uh, helping their customers through all this. They understand how Business owners are going through a time of uh, unprecedented uncertainty and are facing challenges like they never thought they'd face. So the COVID-19 uh, has introduced uncharted waters and has many organizations concerned about business continuity, making payroll and ensuring the health and safety of their employees. Paychecks is here to help from solving cash flow issues to managing state unemployment insurance to navigating new HR and regulatory environments. Paychecks is here to support businesses through this turbulent time. You can visit paychecks.com to find out more about how paychecks can help. And also, we are uh, made uh, possible by the friends at WorkHuman. Their solutions at WorkHuman replace isolation with recognition, connection, and celebration. They help you keep morale high by celebrating the new babies, the birthdays, the just-the-much-needed well-wishes, and all your special occasions with their life events. Uh, You can give and receive continuous peer feedback and have regular check-ins between your managers and their direct reports, and set goals to stay aligned with conversations. And you can try all of these solutions free through March 2021, and you can visit welcome.workhuman.com to learn more. So many thanks again uh, to our friends at Paychecks and Work Human. Um, Heidi, uh, you know, we probably, it's in the, you know, I had a meeting the other night of all the, uh, the podcasters guild. We had a call and we just, uh, we, we confirmed that we cannot do a podcast right now. We're recording this in early May of 2020. We cannot not address COVID-19 a little bit and remote work a little bit. So I'm obligated to ask you about that, but, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about uh, how it's affected you maybe and your teams, and more. maybe more importantly, how you guys at Cornerstone are are sort of giving back and, and making um, resources and technology and services available to your customers and to the community more at large. I'd love for you to maybe comment a little bit about your perspective on that.
2: Yeah, so um, I'll start with the, the, the team and the Cornerstone question first. So we actually sort of went to an entirely remote work model. I think uh, a week before almost anyone in the industry did, we did it actually initially as a test to ensure business continuity and ensure productivity and to see if there were any issues that we had. So the week before we're headquartered in Santa Monica, California, and the week before the governor issued the shelter in place um, uh, directive. Uh, Cornerstone, we, we had a three-day experiment and test to make sure that we were um, able to operate at full productivity. And one of the interesting things is, and we were very successful, one of the interesting things is what we found is that even in some areas, we actually saw an increase in productivity with remote work. So I think that's um, just fascinating and something for us all to take into account as we um, enter this next Phase of um, work and what this new world of work will look like, and ensure that we capitalize on those areas, which those areas of the business which actually can ha- can see higher levels of productivity. Um, we, I have to just a quick shout out to our our HR, what we call our talent department. They've just done a tremendous job in supporting our team. Um, the, we have been extraordinarily. Our, our, our CEO, Adam Miller, has led with just tremendous empathy and transparency. And um, we actually had a large number of co-confirmed COVID nineteen cases. Um, that we have just been incredibly supportive of the team and their families who are going through firsthand um, this this awful disease. So we were hit um, directly by it, as most companies wow. have been. Yeah, um, but it's uh, it's been it's been certainly an interesting um, process to watch, and I just uh, a shout out to all HR practitioners who've literally been on the front lines. Um, I think it's a it's a once in a lifetime career opportunity, but also very very demanding at the same time. Um, so one of the things that I am one of the reasons I came to Cornerstone is that from the beginning, um, its mission has been ed- to educate the world. That's what Adam founded the company on and it remains our company mission to this day. And 10 years ago, we founded the Cornerstone Foundation and have invested quite heavily in it. And under the Corner Cornerstone Foundation, we've done a lot of work over the last six weeks to educate the world and, and use our, you know, with, you know, the, the, these. I think it's, uh, uh, was it? Superman's response? No, Batman. Batman's uh, the quote: "With great power comes great responsibility." You know, and- I'm going to call you
0: on that. I think it might have been Spider-Man. I'm, uh, but fair enough. Oh, we
2: Spider-Man. Get
0: it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can tell
2: I don't watch my. Uh, is it? Is it Marvel? Is it? No, it's probably not even Marvel. Is it Marvel?
0: <laughs> Spider-Man was Marvel. yeah
2: so. <laughs> Yeah, that's not really a genre I spend much time in. Uh, I, I wouldn't have for- known that either. I have to admit. <laughs> I sorry, sorry. <laughs> see it all comes back to my lack of interest in the Joker until yeah. the fantastic movie see, <laughs> I <never liked> that. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. So we saw that this as a, as as our responsibility to step forward and and make a large amount of learning content available to the public um, for free in a, in a very sort of rapid response way. So, I actually led our COVID-19 response task force and we stood up in less than a week's time a free public portal or learning platform where we and we loaded it with all kinds of really rich content both from our own content subscriptions that we sell to our clients, as well as partner content, as well as our foundation partners with organizations like the World Health Organization, a number of organizations focused on global health. And we took all of that content and built a number of playlists and made it available to the general public. My dad's taken some of the classes. It's really designed for anyone and everyone. And we have a a, a playlist on health and safety around COVID-19, a working from home playlist, which is actually the most listened to and watched playlist. It has all kinds of best practices for, um, adjusting to working remotely as well as managing remote teams. We have a mental health and stress management playlist, and we even took our, um, our cornerstone studios team and ask them to build it in while working from home in four days, they built a curriculum for K through 12 teachers on building um, classes, remote classes, as well as how to conduct and best practices around teaching remotely. So as we all know, teachers have been also on the front lines of this just crazy time we're living in. So we have a, a teacher's guide to online learning. And then just last week, we added a new playlist focused on interview ready essentials, really designed for um, the people who've, who've been impacted in terms of being laid off and their jobs being no longer. Um, sustainable in this economy. And so providing them with education on interviewing, and we're going to grow that content over time to provide them with professional skills training to sharpen their um, skill set and their, their skill set while they have more time on their hands and prepare to reenter the workforce. So really trying to um, use our unique position in the world of having a lot of rich and great content to make it available for free to, to help people in need.
1: You know, thank you for sharing all of the different playlists because I was going to to ask you for for example, which one was one of the more more used playlists. So, saying the working from home one, I was curious. Um, also, thank you for mentioning that. You know, your dad has been doing these, so this is this is available for anyone. And I know I've shared maybe a couple times on Twitter, but I hadn't really thought about you know sharing maybe something like the the K through tell. K through 12 teacher playlist. I think that would be something that would be valuable for any of the listeners to share with their children's schools and, you know, just getting them some resources because they're not always trained on how to do online learning. It just was sort of thrown on them as well so yeah
2: we've been we've been sending it out to you know all the k-12 through teacher teachers that you know make sure they're they know that it's available we also have seen a really terrific adoption and um at the state and local government level so they've been posting it on their on their websites and their their, websites with resources so trying to create the viral effect here and make sure that those those teachers or anyone really in need of support right now um is is aware of and can access the content.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. So everyone can definitely um, can look to that. We'll make sure that we also share the link on our show notes so that people can find that really easily and and hopefully share as well. Um, well, bef- you know, before we wrap up today, I know the the thing we've really also wanted to talk to you about and sort of hear where things are is the the deal with Saba has recently closed, Saba Software. So can you maybe tell us a little bit about how that's developed? Obviously, you hinted at it at the beginning of the show that this was something, you know, six months ago, maybe we weren't even um, having on the radar. That's a, it's a huge acquisition. And can you just talk a little bit about what you're doing and maybe how the next few months ahead uh, look for, for everyone?
2: Yeah, so um, we did officially close and close the deal acquiring Saba on April twenty second. So absolutely thrilled to come together with them. It was really an interesting process. Um, So over the last year, we've been looking at various growth strategies, and we've looked at everything from acquiring acquiring companies that would be additive and sort of adjacent product capabilities so that it would give us an entirely new addressable market to looking at, you know, startups and whether it makes sense to go out and acquire some startups. Like we actually acquired a company in January by the name of Clustree, which is a skills engine and really, really powerful AI driven skills ontology that we are in the process of integrating into all of the cornerstone products. And one of the things that we concluded over the last year of um, looking at what and uh, really retooling our growth strategy is that we believe that learning has never been more important, and talent capabilities, growing people's careers has never been more important in the world than it is today, and it's and, and and that's true because the pace of change has only increased. And it's only accelerating from here, which means people need to be able to adapt to keep up. And we believe the secret to that, the key to adapting people's behavior and reskilling the workforce is learning. So we decided to really double down on our core business and our commitment to educating the world and join forces with Saba. Um, we have long been kind of neck and neck in the talent management space and the learning and development space with Saba, and with acquiring Saba, we have literally doubled the size of our learn of our R and D team. So we now have um, a, a we now 1,250 people in our R and D team, which gives us just tremendous amount of horsepower to not only Accelerate roadmap, but really accelerate innovation for the industry overall um, we together we pioneered the last twenty years of what learning technologies look like at work, and together we're going to do that over the the next twenty years but to but moving forward as a combined company and as we all know, as companies mature, one of the the, the benefit of that is you have deeper, richer, broader product capabilities, but with that also comes the slowing of innovation for many reasons, more code line, more people, more clients to serve, et cetera. So this was really a, a an accelerator, an innovation accelerator by doubling the size of our technology team. So super excited. It gives us the scale and the cash flow to really double down on leading this next generation of what it means to develop and grow people at work, what it means to coach them, what does it mean to ensure that they are seen and valued and um, coached as unique people based on everything we know about them and where they want to go in the future, as opposed to the way we've been doing it in the past. So, I personally am really excited about that. I think it's um, gives us a really, really very big um, uh, sandbox to play in. We have seven thousand clients, which, by some estimates, might be um, the make us the largest HCM player in the space um, in terms of number of clients. We have 75 million users, which gives us a huge amount of data. So, what we can do with that data set is pretty pretty exciting. Um, we actually recently launched the Cornerstone People Research Lab, and we are um, we just published our first piece of research coming out of the lab, really looking at all of the learning data and what we can learn from it. That um, from over the past. Um, quarter and looking at the increased usage during COVID-19. So we have some interesting, um, I I wrote a blog post on it, we have an infographic on it, and there'll be more to come from that. But interesting data to learn, not only from a research perspective, but obviously from an AI perspective. Um, 180 countries. So really um, big company at scale, gives us a lot of leverage and negotiation power from the perspective of um, they are global partner ecosystem and ensuring that we can serve both sets of customers, the combined customer base um, really, really well in this really interesting market that we're, that we're in, which obviously requires working well with a lot of other technology vendors out there.
0: Yeah. Heidi, thank you uh, so much for for that update and sharing some of the ideas and some of the vision uh, going forward and and, and the plans. It's, it's super exciting. I know when I heard the news uh you know it's wow that's you know you kind of stop for a second and then you think wow well that is pretty interesting right you basically picking the two leaders in the space and now they're together combined forces as you said and, and the ability to innovate and the ability to grow and um to learn from each other as well as to serve uh to serve this massive list of customers is super exciting and uh, uh so of course we're all going through really challenging times all of our organizations right and, and all of your customers and yourselves and us too but it's also super um, exciting and lots of opportunities out there as well. And it, it sounds like you guys are um, got a lot of uh, incredible opportunities to do some really great things. And we'll all be watching, Trish and I for sure will be watching really closely in the next uh, year or so. Maybe we'll have you back on in about a 12 months or so and we'll get an update and, and, and hear how things have gone.
2: I'd, lo- I'd love that. It's definitely yeah. going to be a fun and exciting year ahead.
1: Absolutely, and we'll also be promoting her book at that time. So
2: that's you heard right. it here Book party launch, right? Exactly. Maybe you'll have to write it with me, Trish. Okay, we'll We'll right, write that one. I think. Right, <laughs> oh, okay. actually, we've got plenty of time now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It'd be right. good well, fun. We'll,
0: we'll, we'll... We'll launch on the show as well. So Heidi,
2: thank you so much for taking
0: the time today. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll get some links in the show notes to some of the things Heidi talked about. Of course, cor- the, the website's cornerstoneondemand.com, but we'll also link to the cornerstone cares uh, content as well as maybe some of the research as well Heidi talked about. But uh, again, thanks so much Heidi for taking some time today.
2: Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me, Steve and Trish.
0: Great, Good our time. pleasure. Trish, we must thank our friends at Paychecks and Work Human one more time. Uh, you know. They're, 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 uh, they're with us, but they're more importantly, they're with you and they're both doing great things for their customers and the community as well. It's honestly, Trish, it's been so kind of inspiring to see so many of our organizations and, and providers in our industry really just doing a lot, doing just, just really, really good work to try to get information, resources, and support out to the community. It's, it's a pretty cool thing.
1: Can I say that also, I think what's nice about that is that, you know, we, we have a unique position. I think when you're an analyst and you're going to meet with these leaders at all the various um, solution providers, we see the human side. And so it's nice now that it's really coming through loud and clear, I think, in ways that maybe weren't weren't there you know, just a few months ago. So getting to know your vendor from a solution perspective, but also from that caring, nurturing um, perspective is also just really, really good to see. So I love it.
0: Yeah. All right. I think we're done. Uh, For our guest, Heidi Spergi, for Trish McFarland, my name is Steve Bost. Thank you so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour show. Remember to subscribe to the HR Happy Hour wherever you get your podcasts. We will see you next time. And bye for now.